Bar in Oregon. Is that the one you're looking for? No. Which the Joe Beaver? The Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. On it. It's a destination people have sought for generations. Coming here, Oregon? And take my wagon train to the Willamette Valley in Oregon. Be sure to come prepared. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated, too. Right on the arm. And with the proper gear. Shall we select our masks? And even in this exacting age. Everything you say comes back to bite you. Come ready to contribute, even if your own son has his doubts. Dad and his mysterious phone calls. <laughs> Remembering what a call to Joe can do. Those phone calls put you through college. As you draw closer, note the surrounding characters. And know this, John and Mike will celebrate when you get here. Arrived at the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. Good morning, everybody. Mike Parker with T.J. Mathewson. Now, John Warren uh, on a bit of a holiday, so T.J. and I will be handling uh, the Joe Beaver Show together the next couple of days. Now, I'm not exactly sure the plan Wednesday. Is John still out even on Wednesday, T.J.? It'll be me and Josh Wharton Josh Wharton and T.J. So there we go with a fresh look from two <laughs> fresh, young, talented for two hours. broadcasters for a full two hours, not just a few minutes here and there. So you can certainly look forward to Wednesday, 11 to 1, uh, with neither yours truly nor John in the house. I'll be traveling to Los Angeles. Josh will be traveling to Los Angeles as well, leaving Thursday. So Friday, I guess it's back to you and John. To... I, I believe it'll be me and John on Thursday and Friday. I gotcha. Okay. Uh, we, we are, it's not as though we haven't communicated, folks. Like, I'm sitting down with TJ, anything going on? No, we, we've touched all weekend long, back and forth, and what we've come up with, a couple of things, and we hope to, to test the theory at least early in the show today, if, uh, if you care to contribute. We had phone issues much of last week. I'm grateful to say, TJ, that I laughed Almost out loud when I heard Romy today on his show dealing with, of all things, I heard Romy say, our phone lines are down. They're not working. And apparently on the television side of things, people could see what they were trying to do to fix it. Yeah, they said they were taking the whole box out. I don't know. <laughs> is it a computer system or or what? I don't know what they were trying to fix, but they they... Romy's trying to describe it. He's like, and I'm just staring at them behind the glass and I see they're just yanking the whole box out. Pulling the plug, <laughs> plug it back in. Does it work? Tom, are you there? <laughs> Hello, Tom. And I like too when it, when if nothing else, if all else fails, nothing else is working. Find the biggest plug, unplug it, and plug it back in, and see if that helps. And that didn't for a while. Now they did get their phone lines restored, and I was listening to Rome and Tom Izzo on the way out here. So apparently their phone lines have been restored. We believe ours have been. When we left Friday. I saw a couple of different people wandering around, and there was a guy that looked like he knew what he was doing with a whole bunch of wires and cords. And again, I'm like like Rome and like so many others. When it comes to that kind of stuff, TJ, I don't know how you are as a technician. John has become a wonderful troubleshooter, an engineer, and a MacGuffin kind of guy. He finds ways when things are going poorly. He He's very smart, shrewd, and can look at, okay, well, Something's not communicating here. We need to have this box connect with this and get it to communicate. So we got a jury rig, a, a cable, 
with an adapter. I mean, I've seen him do these things when we, we've been working together for 20 years, and he finds ways. I'm usually uh, – I, I try the unplug-reboot method, and beyond that, I'm not real good <laughs> at trying to fix things on the fly. But I don't know how you are with that, but I saw people – that looked like they knew what they were doing here on Friday trying to get the phones fixed. I'd like to say I'm pretty good, but the phone lines are, I mean, I hear dial tone when I hit the button, okay. so which is which is a good thing. And that's what we would hope is in this first hour. We have two very, I think, special and good guests next hour. Uh, we had hoped to talk to Jason Gannon, the executive director on Friday, the managing director of SoFi Stadium in Hollywood Park, a highfalutin title for a very important position. Jason Gannon will join us in theory today at 1230. The make good from Friday at 1230 is now today at 1230 at 1205. Jason Turner, who covers Utah State football, and this will be really our first foray into their world, their storylines, which are really, the more I now start to prepare, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about most things anyway, TJ, but this looks like a team... With a chip on its shoulder, they were picked last in their division. Vegas said going into the year they'd only won three games. They've won 10. They were uh, spurned on the all-conference teams. All of the – these guys are playing for their coach, who they thought should have been coach of the year, not Brady Hoke at San Diego State. Mm -hmm. It's a highly motivated together team that's overachieved and wants to keep on doing it. No one believes in us is their mantra. No one believes in us. They're underdogs against the Beavers. So the Beavs had better be prepared for a team ready to deliver its best shot. Yeah, and I would have been curious to see what Utah State looked like versus a healthy San Diego State team. You know, Mm kind of, you know, you you see the 10 wins with Utah State, and then you see the 46-13 win against San Diego State in the conference championship game. Little asterisk next to that. But then you come out here and you see Vegas loves the Beavs. They opened as, I think, a nine-point favorite. It's down to seven, but Mm -hmm. still... Yeah, favor yeah. the 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 seven wins still very favorable to to Vegas and the that, quality of wins in yeah. the conference. Even if the conference is still perceived as being down and it wasn't a great year, and the representation in the New Year Six is a single digit one Utah, and only six teams qualify for the postseason, et cetera, et cetera. The storylines are well known. Nevertheless, what the Beavers did in conference and the home wins that they had quality wins and there were a number of them along the way quality not not according to any metric we're just saying there were some good wins good high caliber victories vegas still seems to to like oregon state you're right only team to him cam rising a loss this year that's a good point yeah and i i don't know how much that's going to get played up but that's an excellent point from the time that utah found their quarterback and cam rising lost one time and it was here to yeah, the Beavs in, a, in an exciting game, block punts, uh, big time moments in that game. The, the probably the Beavers' finest hour overall. The best win, clearly. Oh, absolutely. Even though the win in L.A. had historic uh, ramifications, sixty-one years since they'd won in that arena, in that venue, at least against USC uh, from nineteen sixty on. So the, the the wins were enough to give the Beavs in their conference, the edge from an odds maker standpoint. But again, just what we've talked about is a reminder that as smart and as good as they are, they are not omniscient. They don't know all. And Vegas predicted three wins at the start of the year for Blake Anderson's team that had gone one and five last year. 
And so Blake, his players are angry that Blake did not win the Mountain West Conference Coach of the Year. It went to Brady Hoke, who led the Aztecs to their most wins in the regular season in program history, and that's not bad. They were 19th ranked going into the game and then got walloped. I have not read the fine print, TJ. I don't know if you have, and maybe when Jason Turner joins us at 12.05, we can get a little bit more context on the 46-13 beatdown. But it almost felt like Utah State's Fiesta Bowl-type game that the Beavers had in 2000 when Notre Dame was favored that night. Notre Dame, I think, was a two-and-a-half to three-point favorite going into that Fiesta Bowl, and there was still a sense that this is upstart Oregon State. Who are these guys? They're going up against mighty Notre Dame, and even though we knew that uh, Paul Horning and Canute Rockney and Frank Leahy were not wandering around, it still felt like the Beavers were going up against a, a powerful program and tradition that knew how to win, knew its way around New Year's Day games, and who are these guys? The Beavers really went into that game with a chip on their shoulder and could have scored 60 that night. I mean, it was another demolition of Notre Dame in that memorable Fiesta Bowl. And for Utah State, this 46-13 to win over San Diego State smacks of that, that they were just, we're going. We're going in. They were snubbed on the uh, all-conference teams. Very few selections for a team that had played so well. So all of that to say, it's going to be a tough out, and the Beavers will need to play really well to win against a highly motivated, well-coached team that has some talent, some division, you know, a lot of transfer portal guys that have come to the program from other spots, big programs. And so they're, they're going to be, I think, well-oiled and ready against the Beavers who are going to have to focus, lock in, and play well to win this thing. And both times the Beavers this year were big favorites, Colorado and Cal, and they they didn't show up in the they at least in the first half didn't didn't show up at all. Came out flat both those games away from home mm-hmm. at Research Stadium, which right. they'll be away today. And it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's not it's not a true road environment. Mm-hmm. It's a spectacle of of a stadium, and and it'll be interesting to see how the environment is. Which team will have the edge in fans? I'm sure Utah State will show out well. It's yes. LA's. Not that far from Logan. What uh, I, I don't know exactly, but I think the trip is not that dissimilar. Yeah, the, no, no. Both both trying to get some warmer weather. Although I hear it's going to be kind of cool down there. Next I looked week. ahead. It did. I don't see sixty in the future. I see oh. fifty nine as a high. So it doesn't look like. It, although that's an improvement to what we've been experiencing over the weekend <laughs> here. I, I was so glad to see that the team. I remember uh, in Tim Ewis. I'm hoping. I tried to call Tim earlier to try to get his perspective on somebody who experienced getting to prepare. Tim's a, Tim's a, a unique gentleman. He's been a good friend of the show and a guest many times. And Timmy, we've got, I don't know if he, I know sometimes in the business, he'll monitor the show from his office. We'll reach out again and maybe try to get him on later in the hour. You guys might be able to get him on later in the week. I'd be curious to talk to Tim because he is a rare soul that redshirted in 99, the first bowl year, thus I'm sure made the trip over and was part of the preparations for the first bowl game for the Beavers in 35 years. Then he's a member of the 2000 team as a redshirt freshman competing on special teams primarily. No bowl in 2001, but then Tim's an important contributor in 2002 to the Insight Bowl 
Erickson leaves in 2003. The Beavers go to the Vegas Bowl with Steven Jackson, and Tim was a, a big-time player and receiver on that team. That's quite a career right there when you think about it. That's four bowl games in five years for Tim. One is a red shirt, another is a special teams guy, and then two more as a featured uh, receiver, tight end, blocker, and all of that. I'd be interested to know what the preparations were like in those bowl years. I've been told it's anecdotal, and Tim might confirm or neither confirm nor deny, depending on what kind of mood he's in, I guess. The 2002 Inside Bowl that the Beavers played Pitt and Larry Fitzgerald and Yogi Roth in down in uh, Phoenix at the Bob, Bank One Ballpark. I'm not sure that the Beavers brought their complete and utter locked-in focus to that game. In fact, I I remember even seeing Jonathan, who by then was a GA. Jonathan's career had ended. I, I remember walking by Jonathan Smith, outside at the hotel and in Phoenix hotels, as you know, you're outside more than you're inside. I mean, they're, they're structured such that, you know, you're just, you're, you're easy access, easy to, the access pool. to the pool and everything else. But I'm walking outside. I'll pass by Jonathan. How are things going? And all he said, he smiled. This is his first year as a GA. And he just said, well, I'll just say that uh, we're not practicing quite as intensely as we did for the Fiesta Bowl two years ago. <laughs> Now, Dennis might have been a short timer just in terms of his own. He he may by then even have known he was off to become the head coach of the 49ers. There may have been talks along those lines. I don't know. And I I can't base a whole lot of my belief about the Beavers' preparations on the 2002 Insight Bowl from Jonathan's little throwaway comment as I passed him walking outside. But I did, as so often with Jonathan Smith, he'll say something. And it may be short, terse. Uh, there's more to unpack in it sometimes than. And so I just sensed that, okay, I'm not sure how the game was going to go. And it didn't go well. Pitt 38, Beavers 13. And I just felt like that was a situation that may have had something to do with how locked in war was Dennis, was the whole staff, were the guys for that game that night. Now, Pitt played well the Beavers shouldn't have lost by 25 to them. And so anyway, if Tim can join us, then I'm hoping that we can get his feel for what all those bowl experiences were like going to Oahu, the first bowl game in 35 years, the whole run down in Tempe for the Fiesta bowl, the insight bowl two years later in the same area. And then the first Vegas bowl in 2003, that's four and five years that Tim experienced. So if we can't get him today, TJ, maybe you and John or, or Josh can reach out and get him on. I'm going to try again during a break. But next hour, we have a a very busy hour. Jason Turner, who covers Utah State football at 12.05. Jason Gannon, the executive director of the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl, presented by Stifle at 12.30. In the meantime, open phones. If Doug Blair's writing you a note about Kerry Eggers, I will say this to you. No? Okay, I'm trying to get a hold of Kerry Eggers. about his book signing tomorrow night. So, Josh, if you're out in the hall, this is how we we produce the show. Josh, Josh. uh, Now, I'm trying to get Kerry on for either today or tomorrow to talk up his appearance at the Angry Beaver on Southwest 4th downtown in Corvallis. His book signing on his Jerome Kersey book, his only appearance in the Mid-Valley. We have uh, open phones at... uh, 
for the rest of this hour unless Tim somehow comes through. Now, what Dougie was writing is that Tim is going to be here at the station Friday recording a new spot for his work as your Edward Jones financial advisor. So Tim will be here Friday. If nothing else, you guys can waylay him, the great waylayers, when he's done recording his spot and talk to him about all these things. So we'll hold off in person and in person guests with Tim. So I'll, I'm out of it. I back out. I'm done. <laughs> but I wanted to talk to Tim because that's a wide range of experiences right there. The first, the fiesta, the inside, how did the preparations compare between the inside and the fiesta two years later? And then the Vegas Bowl, the first time around, and Steven Jackson, five touchdowns, put on an unforgettable show. And then it would be probably, you know, it would also be pretty interesting to talk to someone who, uh, I don't have anyone in mind, but let's just say the last, someone who has been in college football preparing for these bowl games Mm -hmm. the last, say, four years, as, you know, I think this probably started around, I think the it really came about when Christian McCaffrey Mm -hmm. skipped his junior year bowl Mm -hmm. game, and people were like, what? What is he doing? Right. Some someone who was preparing in such for bowl games around then, in you know now more players than ever, unless you're in the playoff or opting out. Like you know Avery Roberts, I know he's not healthy, right? But Avery would have played, I believe. Yeah, I, you know I don't think, but he's it, it, he had ankle surgery and is yeah. out. Yeah. And you know I was kind of really impressed when I was I was listening to Jonathan Smith talk on on Saturday uh, amidst the pouring rain, right? About how many guys just you know want to play. There's, there's, I don't, I think Avery, I don't even know, we can't even qualify him as an opt-out. Everyone else is playing. Yeah, uh, that's exciting, TJ. You're right. That's cool. And the fact that they can prepare to get back to the original point with U.S. and all the years he spanned, and so did Jonathan. Part of the reason they went down to the Fiesta Bowl as early as they did in 2000 was because of what we're looking at outside here. I mean, we had, you know, as you all experienced, a wild weekend, even a little bit of snow. I don't know if it's stuck here at all. I know it's stuck briefly in South Corvallis this morning. But the Merritt Truex Indoor Center, to have it available to go indoors and practice instead of in this stuff, Jonathan and Tim, and all, they didn't get to experience that. I mean, it, it wasn't open for that kind of work until the 2003 Vegas Bowl preparation. I was in Phoenix last week. I got to say, if you're talking about a mood booster, going from here mm-hmm. down to Phoenix and just walking outside and looking up, no clouds, Blue, sun, warm. 70 you degrees, feel warm. Yeah. just everything feels better. And, you know, if you're you're looking forward to that bowl game and that, that I know we, you talked about the inside bowl, the focus might not have been there, but then for the Fiesta Bowl, right, you, you're that, it's like, oh, this is great. Let's yeah. get it. We will take a break. If you have any remembrances of your own experiences at those bowl games or anything else, we have open phones. Your thoughts about the game itself, anything else you want to jump in with, the volatility within the Pac-12 conference and the changing landscape with new coaches and <laughs> some of the stuff Canzano's been writing about the search down the road is very interesting. If you have some thoughts about that, what else is going on uh, around our league, the Beavers getting ready for Utah State, feel free to jump in. 497-5356. And we'd love to ha- hear from somebody just to see if the phone lines are indeed working, as we've been told they are, but they haven't rung yet. So give us a call on the Downward Dog phone line, 497-5356. The University of Honda text line is the same number. Love to hear from you this hour on 1240 Joe Radio. 
Have you seen Highland Bowl's expanded Strike Zone Lounge? Stop by for a burger, pizza, a hot or a cold sandwich, or a salad. There's appetizers and snacks, too. And the prices are so low on beer and spirits, it's like happy hour all day. Enjoy your favorite Oregon lottery games, too. Highland Bowl. It isn't just for bowlers anymore. Stop by and check out the expanded Strike Zone Lounge at Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis. We set them up. You knock them down. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go be Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that the holiday season is a special time with special meaning. That's why during these unprecedented times, Stargazer is providing contactless deliveries with a focus on keeping families and friends connected and safe during the holidays. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, gift baskets, and houseplants. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard, Corvallis. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project, now's the time to get it done, and Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, vinyl, laminate, tile, wood flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands. The staff, Wendy, Robin, and Brian, have years of combined experience and look forward to working with you. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown. Or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, playmats, and more. All great holiday gifts. Come in and be surprised with all the holiday deals. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd in downtown Corvallis. Check out our upcoming events at KrakenTradingCards.com. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids has the right tires for the right price for your Prius, Toyota, and all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Come meet Dave's new tire expert, Eddie, with 27 years experience in the industry and save today. Need an oil change? Get $20 off your next oil service at Dave's Performance Hybrids. Off I-5 and Highway 20 in Albany. Online at davesperformancehybrids.com. Back on the Joe Beaver Show. In this next segment, John and Mike will show you their musical skills. Guys, whistle along. Come on, guys, it's not that hard. Like this. The Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker with T.J. Mathewson in studio. Jason Turner, who covers Utah State at 12.05, and the executive director of the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl, presented by Stifle. Jason Gannon at 12.30 today to get a feel for what the teams are going to experience, the, the Jimmy Kimmel component, etc. So that's coming up 
uh, next hour, open phones for the most part this hour. We'd love to hear from you on the Downward Dog phone line, 497-5356. Let's talk to Paul on the Joe Beaver Show, and we hope that whomever TJ is conversing with will jump on the show to share an anecdote or two. That's what we're here for. But Paul's going to get us started today uh, for a busy week of Joe Beaver shows and, and other events, including men's basketball uh, tomorrow night. Paul, thanks for the call. Welcome to the program. Hey, Mike. Yeah, it's good to finally get on to get your phones working again. Yes. That, was a, that was a trip. Yes, it was. Ask Jim Rome. Yes, it was. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, hey, uh, hopefully we'll have a good bowl game. You would think the guys would be really hungry. I think so. I hope I think they will be. Both teams are. I mean, that's. I think it's going to be a good bowl game from the standpoint of you got two hungry, motivated teams. Yeah, and uh, isn't isn't that coach named Anderson also again? Yes, his name is Blake Anderson. Different spelling, uh, but uh, than Gary's last name, and no relation, therefore. Oh, well, that's that's good to know because when I I watched part of that. Uh, Who'd they beat for the for the championship there? San Diego State. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched part of that game and I thought, man, he looks a lot like Terry Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> no, and no relation. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and and no problems either as far as uh, any any kind of personal problems going on. So that that's a good thing. So yeah, we're looking looking for a good bowl game. Uh, uh, hopefully, we can. Uh, uh, take advantage of them and, and, and beat them, but you never know. Are you going to the game, Paul? Oh, no, no, no. I, I can't. I can't go to the game. Oh, okay. I, I, I didn't think it was a, a completely ridiculous question to ask, though, uh, just because you love the team so much and follow the team. And But I am you know, hope that uh, in the future, when, when the Beavers, I believe, are starting to run a little bit along the lines that I mentioned with respect to Tim Ewis a few minutes ago, you heard me reel off what Tim experienced in five years. And I think, I think Jonathan and the Beavs are going to be getting the team back to the postseason with, with greater regularity now. Yeah, I, I believe that's true. Yeah. We're definitely on an upward trend. Uh, I just hope he can recruit some, uh, some really uh, good defensive linemen so we can put more pressure on the quarterbacks. Yeah, I hope so too. As uh, all uh, 130 plus Division One teams are trying to do as well, <laughs> the hardest people to find and get are those. They always have been. It seems even harder now. But I'm sure that that is a priority on the recruiting trail, which they've been on. We'll talk about that a little bit here, Paul, as we go. Thanks for the call. Good to hear from you. The one thing that this year's bowl game, the early date, that I think we need to remind ourselves a bit. And by the way, we have open phones at four nine seven. 5356, if you'd care to join us, 541-497-5356, the Downward Dog phone line. Curious again about your own bowl game experiences in years past, and are you planning on going to this one? Sarah Elcano has noted the interim direct, uh, deputy director of athletics at Oregon State has noted that tickets will continue to be sold through December 16th by Oregon State. That's just two days before the game with the idea that there may be some who decide, come on, what the heck, let's go. Let's get in the car and go. I don't know what kind of uh, airfares you're encountering, what kind of travel plans you have, 
But if some of you are going and want to kind of share your story with us, uh, the Beavers are committed to buy 5,700 tickets. Uh, I think, you know, I thought John was a little more uh, when he talked about, well, he thinks 10 to 15. I don't, if the Beavers hit 10,000 fans there, I think they've done wondrously. I don't expect that. I, I think if they can get it, it, that 5,700 commitment, 6,000 or so, I think that would be a tremendous showing. They're obligated to buy 5,700. But from what Nick Daschle reported, and this I've been hoping to try to get Sarah or somebody on. It's not for lack of effort, by the way, uh, to, to try to get her or somebody on to speak to these issues. Uh, the Pac-12 conference apparently picks up the slack. So let's say if the 5,700, the Beavers owe, they sell 3,700. The conference buys the other 2,000 or at least makes up from the conference's uh, bank what the rest of that commitment looks for for Oregon State. So that's good news. You're not going to go into the hole in needing to meet a 5,700 ticket obligation, nor do I think necessarily that they, I mean, they could end up selling that many. I'd be interested to know an update uh, along those lines and how tickets are doing. And that's, again, just strictly from an anecdotal standpoint. We'd love to hear from some of you. Well, I have my tickets, or I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, we, I made the decision over the weekend. We're going. Whether you're still in that valley of, well, still waiting, Sarah thinks some of you might wait till the 16th, and they're going to keep their tickets available until then through Oregon State. Do you have any thoughts about any of this? We'd love to hear from you. The matchup, your own experience, are you planning on going? And the bowl itself, we need to remind, I think, TJ, all of us, that we've talked often in the past about the value of bowl practices. Mm-hmm and the extra practice days and the developmental practices that take place because of the early bowl time and the fact that the Beaver coaches in a very important recruiting period and the early signing period coming up, all of that is sort of coalesced to in a, in a true sense, remove that part of it. The practices that the Beavers are engaging in are bowl prep practices for Utah state. Now, in a sense, I think that plays maybe to the Beavers' advantage. They're treating this like another game instead of if you have the full allotment of practices, you can spend time giving Sam Vidlack a lot of run with the ones and Isaiah Newell and other players that you're expecting big things from in the future would get a lot of run in these practices. That's something also that we hope Tim Ewis could speak to from his wide range of experiences with bowl games. The Beavers are not getting those. They're not getting the, quote, developmental practices. The coaches have been out recruiting. Their first practice for a game next Saturday was two days ago, this past Saturday. So that in itself makes it a little bit different than what bowl games played later in the December calendar offer. We have uh, open lines if you'd like to join us. We need to take a quick break if you'd like to jump in. 497-5356. Thanks for joining us today. Quick timeout on 1240 Joe Radio. Who was it? This is Katie Albin, letting you know that Albin's Plumbing is going underground. Oh, you'll still find us located on 9th Street in Corvallis, but we are also underground, as in underneath sidewalks, driveways, and patios. Using directional boring, Albans can run your plumbing underground, avoiding the need for costly and messy concrete repair. Just give us a call. At Albans Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albans Plumbing. 
Take advantage of the Holiday Golf Membership Special right now at Spring Hill Golf Club and get the golfers in your family a great gift that lasts all year long. Spring Hill Golf Club is waiving the initiation fees to all golf membership categories with a 12-month commitment. New members won't pay any dues until February of 2022 and can golf for free in December and January. Don't miss your opportunity to save on a 12-month golf membership and golf for free through January at Spring Hill Golf Club. Call for more information or visit albany-golf.com. Howdy, folks. Linda McHenry Eats and Treats Cafe, and the holiday season is here. Can't think of a better way to celebrate than gathering friends and family around some Eats and Treats darn good comfort food and serious barbecue. And don't forget our amazing baked goods from our on-premise bakery. Whether an intimate dinner for four or a gathering up to 40 in our gallery or even a larger party at your home or office, Eats and Treats smoked meats are a wonderful addition to your holiday entertaining. And remember our gift cards for the perfect stocking stuffer. That's Eats and Treats Cafe, corner of 17th and Main Street in Philomath. Middleton Heating has kept Mid-Valley residents comfortable for over 72 years. Middleton can service, repair, or replace all types of brands of heating and cooling equipment. Plus, they offer financing options on new equipment and also participate in state and federal incentive programs. If your heating unit is giving you trouble, if you have kitchen or dryer venting needs, or if you're just looking for some sheet metal, call Middleton Heating today. You can count on Middleton Heating for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Find them online at middletonheating.net. Here at locally owned and operated Alirica Networks, we use the same service you do, so you can be rest assured that you're getting the very best internet service, whether for home, business, or enterprise. At Alirica, we make sure that each of our valued customers gets the plan that best fits their needs. So whether you require basic service or faster speeds for gaming or HD video streaming, we will make sure to match you with the plan that works best for your home or business. Alirica Networks always goes the extra mile. Give us a call or find out more at Alirica.net. The home of the Oregon State Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio. Mike Parker in studio today working with T.J. Mathewson. John taking a, some well-deserved vacation time late in the calendar year. It's early in the bowl calendar for the Beavers, a December 18th game, which means the preparations for the game are just that, for the game itself, not getting the extra, quote, developmental practices, unquote, but in a sense, that may help lock in the focus for a game that the Beavers are favored to win. I think it's an important game for the program and the team to continue to build on the momentum generated by running the table and getting to the postseason for the first time since 2013. And a guy who can speak to all of that, covered the team uh, throughout the remarkable Dennis Erickson and Mike Riley's return years for the Portland Tribune, will be uh, back in his uh, hometown of Corvallis tomorrow night at the Angry Beaver for a book signing. And we kind of reached out impromptu to Kerry today. I was hoping to get Kerry on either today or tomorrow. Kerry Eggers has called in on the Downward Dog phone line at the behest of Bob Keith. Hey, they're, they're trying to find you. So Kerry has called. We appreciate the extraordinary author uh, joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show to talk about something that came together in a very real sense after we had Kerry on recently to talk about his book on Jerome Kersey, Randy Holmes, Angry Beaver proprietor, listening. Hey, let's do something here in the Mid-Valley. And, Kerry, it came together nicely, so we'll see you here tomorrow night, huh? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on, Mike. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys deserve a, an assist on this. Uh, <laughs> and I appreciate, uh, you know, I, I've known Randy for a long time. I remember when he was a running back for uh, Craig Ferdig in the late 70s. And, of course, I've known him since he owned the uh, the angry beaver and, and yeah. And so we hooked up and we're going to have an event, uh, 
you know, starting to, you know, it's, we're saying five to seven, but it'll be more like five thirty to six fifteen or something like that. And I'll just talk about the book project and and Jerome Kersey's life and his career as a Blazer and 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 uh, those great teams that you remember in the early nineties that made the finals twice. And and then uh, we'll have books available for sale. And and also I'm going to have uh, copies of Civil War Rivalry there and. Uh, and the jailblazers if people want to pick those up for Christmas gifts. I'm glad to hear that, and I've seen some activity on Twitter, Carrie, and that's even one of the angles we talked about when you joined John and uh, me recently, and that is the books. I think books are always one of the best gifts to get during the holiday season, and you've got a number of them. So it's you will have you'll have the Jerome book, which is tremendous in its own right, but others available for that kind of thing as well, huh? Yeah, we've got a few uh, copies of both. In fact, it, it's it's interesting. We sold on our website yesterday, Mike. We sold thirty copies of Jer- uh, Jerome nice. Kersey books. So we're uh, we're running low, but I've got another order coming in on Thursday. So we should be covered. We should have plenty of books uh, Tuesday night for folks that want to stop in and have a beer and maybe a a uh, uh, you know a little food before the the Beaver basketball game if they're going there. If they just want to come in and listen to the uh, the uh, talk that's great too yeah i may not because of the, what you just alluded to with uc davis in town probably won't be able to drop by with my own preparations but but i'd like to to come by and see you maybe right at the outset of it before i head on over to to gill coliseum carrie eggers our guest carrie i'm really glad that you you've gotten an opportunity to bring your book signing tour as it were to the mid valley because you've touched in a lot of different places how have the appearances been going what kind of reception have not only you know you and the book received but people who you've seen maybe just wanting to come and talk about those years and celebrate jerome and those special blazer teams for sure that's that's a part of it i've heard a lot of stories uh about you know personal stories of people that that had you know interactions with with jerome or friendships uh or, you know, just came upon him. And it, I have not heard one person say, ah, you, you know, this is an exaggeration. He wasn't that good a guy. Everybody talks about what a kind guy he was, how approachable he was. And uh, he, we did a, I did a book signing with Terry Porter, who wrote the foreword for me at the Moda Center. Uh, and uh, he, he just was, it was unbelievable the reception he got. I, I, I actually, I shouldn't say unbelievable because I expected it. I knew he'd get a lot of love. And of course, a lot of that was talking about his old friend Jerome. And we sold out every book they had that night, Mike, in the, at Moda Center. It was great. And we're going to do another one on January 7th with another guy who was very close to Jerome, Bill Shonley. I'm excited about that. So the Blazers play that night, and, and he'll be there for that. Well, that should be a, a, another tremendous turnout because in, in both of those, in Bill and Jerome, you're talking about two of the most beloved figures ever, and that's yeah. not an exaggeration. right? In terms of Shonley, you wrote, you wrote a book about him and his career, but so much has happened for Bill ever since. That love affair with the Shons continues to grow, it seems, through the years. It is amazing to me that just the affection the fans have. I mean, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say he's the most popular trailblazer figure of all time. And he's still going. He's mm-hmm. 92 and he's still as sharp as he ever was. Now his body is failing him uh, regretfully. He's, he, he's, he's struggling with his hip and, and getting around, but uh, he still has that great mind. And what a great voice he still has, Mike. Yeah, he does. And, and in your book, you, you quote many, and I could tell it's clear it comes through the pages of the book 
And while Bill, it's difficult if you ask coaches who their favorite players were or whatever, they usually stop short of that. But Bill didn't have really any problem in saying that Jerome was as he loved Jerome and was as close and felt a, an affection and kinship with Jerome, maybe as much as any Blazer player ever. Yeah, I think that's true. And, and uh, he wasn't the only one to express that kind of uh, you know feeling about this guy. I mean, it's amazing how many people he touched. And, and he, it, it, you know, there I had many people have told me on doing these book signings, I'm still not over it, you know, and, and it's been five years since he passed. Kerry Eggers joining us. He will be at the Angry Beaver tomorrow night. Again, beginning, you say, around 5.30. Is that when people will be gathering a little earlier, 5.15-ish? What, what's the time frame again, well, Kerry? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to let people get in there until, you know, it's, we, it's around 5, to, 5 to 7. But I okay. think as long as you're there by 5.30, that's when we'll probably start to talk. And it's a Q&A session. If people want to ask questions or talk about those teams or talk about anything sports-related, I'm I'm willing to do that. So. And, and Kerry, the, we didn't get a chance to talk about this the last time you were on, and we're not going to uh, – clearly, this is why you should get the book, because we only scratched the surface on some of these things. I was so impressed, but we know Jerome for his Blazer years and, and revere him for the, ty- the way he played, the relentlessness with which he worked. But tell us a little bit what you found in talking to people after the Blazer years and the high regard that coaches – who got to coach Jerome after his Blazer life, the regard they held him in. Yeah, for instance, George Carl, he played for Seattle for one year, and they were very good at that time. And uh, Jerome was a you know solid guy off the bench. He actually started in, in one playoff series. He started every game. George said he just matched up well with, I can't remember who they were playing, but he loved him. He said he was, he was one of those guys in practice that was tough. He was a leader. Uh, you know, you normally are not a leader if you're not a starter, but he was. And, and, and then, of course, he, later after that, Mike, he played on the San Antonio team that won the ni- 1999 NBA title, the first of Popovich's many. And unfortunately, I didn't get to Popovich, but I got to a couple of his teammates, and they talked about what, what an impact he had. And Steve Kerr told a great story about him, too. So there, there's some stuff in there, that, uh, you know, post-Blazer, career that I think would be interesting to, to, to fans. Yeah, no no question about that. And the thing that that came through every page really from start to finish, Kerry, the work ethic that he learned from his parents and his mother in particular, but Rick Adelman, I can hear Rick say it, but it comes through the pages. He, Rick almost laughingly, oh my God, he played hard. He played so hard. I mean, that's how that's how he made the Blazer roster when Jack wanted him to go to Europe. He said, no, no, I'm going to work my way into the roster, and he did. Yeah, that's right. That, that's yeah, incredible. You know, Rick, Rick is kind of a recluse now, Mike, and mm-hmm. I, luckily I have a good enough relationship with him, and I think also just the opportunity to talk about Jerome. Uh, he was really effusive. It was great to talk. This was just before it was announced that he that was uh, going to the Hall of Fame, so uh, I got actually I got a chance to talk to Rick twice in about two weeks, and it was just great. I love the man, and uh, so happy he got into the Hall of Fame. But you're right; he 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 really has great affection for Jerome. Yeah, that's a coach's dream to have somebody just by example every day, outworking everybody else. And even when players would come along, like Cliff. I mean, you tell the story. I think in the book, Cliff Robinson's coming in, and just the. Jerome just went to work and said, no, no, I, I'm not giving this spot up on this team and, and outworked him 
Cliff eventually just through talent and youth got him yeah. in a sense. But I thought that was very interesting too, how Jer- Jerome held off people. Yeah, that that was from Buck Williams. That Buck was, Buck was telling me that that you know Jerome, this is not you're not going to take it over right now, and, and he didn't. It took him. It took Cliff about three, maybe four years. If you remember, Cliff was a six man of the year. I think his second year in the league, and you know, so versatile, so tall, and could shoot the three, and that you know, he really had a skills advantage on Jerome. But Jerome, nobody had the kind of toughness that he mm-hmm. did. Final thing, Kerry, and that is, uh, you, it, this is shifting gears, but it's in your world and your realm. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. You talked about Rick Adelman being a somewhat reclusive figure. In our own world, in Beaver Nation at Oregon State, there's a coach by the name of Mike Riley that's been kind of in a quiet mode and phase. Living here in town, uh, uh, maybe dividing time between here and Texas, I I don't exactly know. It's by design. Mike is taking a very low profile and somewhat reclusive in nature, but also a guy, and Jonathan Smith has talked about, hey, coach needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Dennis Erickson was just inducted. You know that. What are your thoughts about yep. Mike and the hall down the road and where he is now? I know he's dealing with very important matters off, you know, out of the spotlight. And, and, and I saw him this yep. summer and he, he conveyed that to me, but, but he needs his day and night sometime too, as Rick received in the NBA and the hall, Mike deserves some of that too. And I think Jonathan Smith is well aware of that. Now, now, Mike, enlighten me. You're talking about the Oregon State Sports Hall, of, Oregon State University Sports Hall of Fame. I'm just in general Halls of Fame. Yes. Well, well is is Mike not in the OSU Athletic Hall of Fame, Mike Riley? I don't believe he is. No. Oh my gosh. Oh, well, you're, you're absolutely. I mean, that's that shocks me. Of course, he could be. I mean, the impact he had on Oregon State football is there today. I mean. It, it, People that don't weren't around in 1996 don't understand the depths of where Oregon State football was after 26 years of losing seasons. And uh, you know when Mike came in, it was just, I mean, you talk about low. It was low. You know that. Yeah. And and in two years, he got him competitive and set the table for Dennis Erickson's great years. Mm-hmm. And then he came back and had. You know, he, he in eight of during eight of 12 years, he moved bowl games, and he, I think he won six or seven of those. And I mean. Think about how that would be, how Blazer or Beaver fans would feel right now about that kind of record with you know with what's going on now. Now Jonathan's done a great job, but long answer to your 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 question, he should definitely be in the Oregon State Hall Hall of Fame. Yeah, and and I don't you know are you you know he's laying low right? I know you guys had a close relationship. Are you in in any communication with him of late? <laughs> I am. Yeah, we've talked okay. much more the last few weeks i'm i'm actually going to see him tomorrow and, and you're right he's keeping a low profile and 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 he's he's such a such a wonderful guy uh i i, I you know i think all of his friends have tried to respect you know the situation he's in right now and and i think you know it's it's just a, i don't think it's a forever thing i uh, and I, and you know that's about all i can yeah. tell you got you carrie Hey, Kerry, I'm glad in your visit down here. Are you going to swing by the basketball game when your book signing's done? Yeah. Here? Okay, good. Yeah, Steph, Steph and I are going to the game afterwards. I got a, had a nice chat with Wayne Tinkle yesterday, and I know he's going through a yeah. tough run, but uh, it would be good to go down and say hello to him, too. So, Hey, Kerry, maybe I'll look for you at halftime tomorrow night, if you don't mind, you know, if jumping That'd on with great. me for yep. a few minutes. Thank you for having me on. Kerry, thanks for joining us. Have a good one tomorrow night. Kerry Eggers will be at the Angry Beaver. Tomorrow night on 4th Street, across the street from Safeway. 
and hope that you five to seven, the hours of the event, kind of let people come in and, and you'll have other books available, including Jailblazers and the the definitive authoritative Civil War rivalry book, which has called the Civil War rivalry. Every game up through 2012, I believe. I think that's the, I don't think 13 is in it. I'd have to go back and look. But every game broken down into detail. It's fascinating. Anytime the Beavers get ready to play Oregon, I go to the book to say, oh, okay, yeah, what about this play? What about that moment? What happened here? It's in that book. It's a, for somebody that loves the Beavers or both programs through the years, if you have a fan in your world that, that likes the team down the road, that, that book is a gift for fans of either team, the Civil War rivalry. Let's take a break, TJ. When we come back, we'll wrap up the first hour. Yes, Layden, second hour, 1240 Joe Radio. Do you ever experience headaches or how about back pain? Here at Horesco Chiropractic, we truly believe that everybody deserves to live a life without pain. Our doctors will get to the root of your condition and create a custom treatment plan to help you get back to living the best version of your life. Our patients often say how amazed they feel to live a life with less pain after they have experienced how effective chiropractic care is. Start on the journey of improved health by giving us a call today or visiting our website at horesco.com. Horesco Chiropractic in Corvallis. We really can make a world of difference for you. Hi, this is Oregon State football alum and owner of Angry Beaver Grill, Randy Holmes. I want to congratulate the Beavers on their first bowl game of the Jonathan Smith era and invite you to come watch the game at Angry Beaver Grill on our 22 big screens. Come try our updated menu with new items such as the prime rib Billy cheesesteak and don't miss our prime rib and salmon dinners on Friday. Angry Beaver also offers catering for groups large and small. Give me a call to schedule for holiday gatherings. Support local at the Angry Beaver Grill on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. Independent Auto Works has been servicing and repairing Volkswagens for over 50 years. They're experts on Jettas, Passats, Nuno Beetles, Golfs, PDIs, Eurovans, and Vanagans. And they work on most other makes and models, too. They're on 13th Street near the OSU campus in Corvallis. Independent Auto Works, the guys you can trust. Your satisfaction is our success. Independent Auto Works. For 100 years, Wilbur Ellis has been a leader in the agriculture industry. The branch in Albany is looking for a facilities manager. If you have great management and leadership experience with a firm understanding of the agriculture industry, they would love to hear from you. Join their team and enjoy great benefits, competitive pay, and a drug-free work environment. This is year-round work with overtime during peak seasons. Apply online at wilburellis.com careers. That's wilburellis.com careers. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, there are benefits and services available to you at Lynn County Veterans Services. You've earned them. Use them. Call 541-926-3882 and take advantage of what you've earned. Home loans, disability compensation, health care, transportation, and more. Lynn County Veterans Services is here to help you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, call 541-926-3882 and thank you for serving your country. Lynn County Veterans Services, serving our local veterans. The home of the Oregon State Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio. With Carrie Eggers tomorrow, you're probably at the Angry Beaver Grill, 4th Street, downtown Corvallis, 5 to 7. You could probably pepper him with questions about the current state of affairs with the Blazers. We didn't really have time to do that right there. But TJ informs me that uh, we will have tickets to give away to Trailblazer games all week long. So, uh, 
beginning tomorrow on the Joe Beaver Show, be listening for a chance to call and text or however that's the format they choose, but you'll have a chance to get tickets to see the Blazers a little bit, a little bit later this season. Doug from Salem is called on the Downward Dog phone line. Hello, Doug. Yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm about halfway there now. Good for you. I'm in Monterey. I may, I may be stuck. Uh, the, the road is apparently closed. How, here hey, because of all the rain. How was the Siskiyou? So how was driving the Siskiyou Pass? How was the Siskiyou Pass, Doug? I didn't go that way. I took the coast. I oh stayed away God. from all that. Okay. That's a scenic drive. That's a scenic. It's a long uh, rear end drive. A That's a long line. drive. <laughs> a beautiful drive. Uh, good for you, Doug. I'm glad. I'm glad you have the time and the wherewithal to make the slow, beautiful journey. Yeah. <laughs> You know any plans for the fans for the uh, the bowl game? Yep. Well, <laughs> other than uh, there's a pep rally. The only thing that I know for sure, and because room and it's free, there's a pep rally coming up uh, outside SoFi Stadium. I believe it's six thirty on Friday night. Now the alumni tailgate oh. function beforehand is sold out, but there is a a, a tail a Pep rally with the band and cheerleaders, and I think both teams will be involved. And we're going to, I don't know if you're listening to the Joe Beaver show or not today, we're going to have the executive director on, Jason Gannon, at 1230, who might give a little more detail on that. But I believe it's at 630 Friday night outside of SoFi Stadium. Yeah, I've read 530. Uh, well, then you, you're right, then. <laughs> I couldn't remember. I didn't have it in front of me. 530 is, is accurate, then. Doug, if that's what you read, that's accurate. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of flying by, flying blind. I haven't been able to, to uh, uh, you know, listen to your show because I'm driving, you know. Right. And so, um, <clears throat> can, can I make you mad here and talk about recruiting? Well, sure. Yeah, you, you're pretty good at that. We got about thirty seconds. What about recruiting? Well, Stanford is number eleven in rivals. They're doing really well, and then uh, Orange. There's a whole bunch of people are. Oregon, Colorado, and Arizona are like 35, 36, 37 in their rankings. Arizona has done really well considering their, their situation. Yeah. And then, um, and, or- and Oregon is right next, or- excuse me, us, Oregon and Oregon State are right next to each other at 47, 48. Okay. I don't know if that's good for us or bad for, for them. Because <laughs> then the other schools for, are yep. doing quite bad, you know, especially Washington and Southern Cal, according to rivals. Hey, Doug. They're way, way yeah. down to- We'll talk more about that as the week goes. we got to get rolling. I, I don't put a great deal of stock ever in those things. I really don't, but I appreciate the report, and thank you for taking time. Safe travels. Hope to see you in Los Angeles. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. Platforms, the owner of social media companies Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, is behind a $60 million deal to acquire the trademark assets of U.S. regional bank Meta Financial Group. That's according to Reuters, saying it has confirmation from spokespeople for both companies. 
The report says the acquisition underscores just how valuable the Meta name has become for the technology giant. Shares of Facebook parent Meta are up 2% today. Stocks remain moderately lower overall, however. The Dow Industrial is down 250 points. The S&P 500 lower by 28. And the tech-heavy Nasdaq's down 145. You may have heard this. Mehmet Oz, a.k.a. Dr. Oz, is seeking the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. Well, that being the case, Sony Pictures Television announced today that the Dr. Oz syndicated TV show will be coming to an end. The final episode, January 14th, with producers to replace it with a cooking show featuring his daughter. That's your money now. Cancer. So many lives are touched by cancer. In fact, one in two men and one in three women will be diagnosed with cancer. At the American Cancer Society, we're on a mission to free the world from cancer. It's a big mission, driven by little things like a ride to treatment, a free place to stay, a 24-7 helpline. But these little things are really the big things. Because to a cancer patient and their family, they're everything. And every day we reach thousands of cancer patients who so desperately need these services. But we need your help to get these critical services to more people and families in need this holiday season. Go to cancer.org and join the fight against cancer. It takes just minutes to donate and help provide essential support to cancer patients and their families. Don't wait. More than one in three people will be diagnosed with cancer. Go to cancer.org right now and make a difference. Go to cancer.org. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go be. Philomath, Oregon, 2002. A couple brothers had an idea to bring better internet access to rural parts of the Willamette Valley. An internet that meets your needs. We get it because we live here. If you are learning or working from home or keeping up with changes in the field, we are here to keep you connected to your world. Alirica High Speed Rural Internet. Plans starting at $49.99. Call Alirica today. Online at alirica.net. Alyrica, the friendlier internet. Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru for the Golf Minute to help keep you on the high side of things. Becoming a good putter is essential to playing good golf. And one of the more difficult putts to have are breaking putts. The key to making breaking putts is to keep the ball above the cup on the pro side so it can roll in on the high side. Because most players don't start breaking putts high enough, they miss low below the cup, which has come to be known as the amateur side. When lining up a breaking putt, take the low side out of the picture. If you have a 10-foot left to right putt, for example, your target line should be left about two-thirds of the cup. If you hit it starting on the right side, you're dead. A good drill is to place a tee on the low side of the cup and putt so your ball stays above the tee on the high side. So remember, to make more breaking putts, eliminate the amateur side and stay high, and you'll be high as a kite making all those putts. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. There's confusion about how to protect yourself from COVID. One thing is certain. Whether or not you're vaccinated, you need an accurate thermometer to check for fever, the leading sign of flu and COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. 
Don't rely on non-contact thermometers that have no scientific studies. Only the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Learn more at exergen.com. It's not magic that will deliver 1 billion packages to homes across the country this holiday. It's the United States Postal Service. And we don't need a team of reindeer to do it because we've added more vehicles to our fleet. And while we don't employ a legion of elves, we have hired thousands of new members for our team. So if making more holiday deliveries to homes in the U.S. than anyone else seems like magic, that means we're doing our job. Share the magic at usps.com helpers. It's with joy that the student-athletes are returning to the fields and courts. But it doesn't feel quite the same. Where have the people gone? Seems like there's no one hanging on. Cut out, cut out, cut out, cut out. What is this cut out talk? In 2020-21, the people may be cutouts, but there are still games, and there are still tailgate shows, there are still broadcast. And through it all, there is still The Joe Beaver Show, a place to gather at proper distances to talk about it all, to talk about what we do have. And it looks like we're ready to give it one more try. So, such as it is, we're ready to give it one more try with John and Mike and The Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. We head into the second hour. Jason Gannon will be joining us at 1230. He is the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl presented by Stifle Executive Director. We'll get a feel a little bit for what, what's in store for Utah State and Oregon State at the first ever Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. And really delighted to welcome in. We wanted to do this last week. We had some phone issues and our guest, Jason Turner, to help us get started. Jason writing for uh, the newspaper in Logan, covering Utah State football. The Logan Herald uh, joins us on the Joe Beaver Show to give a perspective on this uh, sneaky good, as Nick Daschle wrote, (laughs) sneaky good Utah State team. Utah State is taking so much motivation and energy, and Jason Turner has written a great column about it in their performance against San Diego State motivation from perceived snubs and outright snubs and and just this idea that they're sneaky good. Well, how about they're just really good? <laughs> Blake Anderson, who has done an amazing job, has this team coming in at a very high pitch, 10-3 and three off of the 46-13 win over San Diego State in the Mountain West Conference Championship game. So to help give us a perspective about the team the Beavers will be dealing with Saturday afternoon at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, Jason Turner joins us. Jason, good afternoon. Thanks for your time. How are you today? Hey, I'm not. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it's uh, low 40s here in Logan, Utah. I can't complain about that. <laughs> and when are you leaving for Los Angeles? I will not be leaving until I'll I'll fly in early Saturday morning. Oh so my God! I will I will only be there for game day. <laughs> So this is not for you the full bowl experience then in terms of going with the players to the Jimmy Kimmel live show or Universal or whatever else. You're going in to write a story and going home, huh? Yeah, basically it would be fun to to be a part of uh, the 
festivities of a brand new bowl, but uh, oh, I've got so many high school. Uh, I also have a lot of high school sports duties too. So okay, yeah, I can only break away for the for one day. Well, I, I hope it's a fun experience, even if it's a, a brief one for you at the L.A. Bowl. So if that's all you're going to be experiencing of it, so to speak, you've seen the entire run of the season. But just as you prepare yourself and write the the stories leading into this event, what kind of game are you expecting Saturday afternoon? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm expecting a very competitive game. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Morgan State is really is so balanced offensively. Uh, they run the ball so well. Uh, the Aggies have struggled against that at times this season. At times they've defended the run really well. So it'll be a it's a very intriguing matchup for sure. Now you mentioned defending the run well at times at other times not so much but they're coming off maybe as given the magnitude of circumstances jason in holding san diego state to 148 yards rushing and only 67 of those i think you wrote came when the game was kind of in the balance they've had the ability to stop teams although wyoming and air force did gash them pretty well overall what's your take on how they're built to stop the run well, I do think they have. I do think their defensive line is good, and I think they've been coming into their own as of late. Um, it, you know, new defensive scheme. I, I think it took some time for those guys to learn it, and uh, there's always going to be some growing pains. Uh, this team isn't quite as big in the trenches as I think Blake Anderson and staff would like it to be, but uh, that's the situation that he inherited. They tried to plug up holes the best they could heading into the season. So uh, I think. Uh, Defensively, uh, the defensive ends are really athletic. The Aggies have really athletic defensive ends. Uh, defensive tackles aren't aren't the biggest guys, but they're also quite athletic. Uh, so, yeah, the San Diego State game was very encouraging from a Utah State standpoint. Um, but again, Wyoming was only three you know three weeks ago, three games ago, and they they really struggled in that game. So, yeah. We shall see. 380 yards on the ground for Wyoming. That's a big number. So, you know, the Beavs, who've relied a lot on it, hope to get something like that, at least in the neighborhood, 200 in that range, to, to try to find a way to win this bowl game. You mentioned of Blake Anderson, the situation he inherited. Jason, what kind, what kind of situation did he inherit? Did the one-in-five year last year, an upheaval kind of year? I mean, what did he inherit, just to, from a big-picture standpoint? Well, I think he inherited a team that was uh, a little fractured, honestly. Um, they uh, There were, some, I think, some off-the-field distractions heading into the season, and, and uh, I really didn't. I really think the team didn't think they were going to be playing in the fall of 2020. I guess stretching into the winter. I, I just it didn't seem like the team was prepared heading into the season, and then um, there was some. I don't know. There was just all sorts of off off field drama going on. Some some a guy the quarterback was uh, was kicked off the team. Um, some guys entered the transfer portal. I I think a lot of the guys were hoping that the Aggies were going to hire uh, then interim head coach Frank Miley full time as the head coach. Uh, and we're disappointed when that, when that didn't happen. So I think what Blake Anderson inherited were guys that were, uh, um, you know, it was a brand-new coach, guy that wasn't from this area. I think they were skeptical. And so he had to win over that locker room. I think that was the first big coaching job he did was uh, basically convincing almost all of those guys to come back. Yeah, they did lose a couple of guys. One of the guys in which Oregon State has now, uh, offensive lineman Henley. But uh, 
most of the guys came back, and that was his first big recruiting victory was uh, stabilizing that locker room and, and you know getting people to believe in his vision. I give you credit, Jason, in that the situation you inherited, you did not allude to a co- <laughs> to another guy named Anderson leaving the team midway through the year, something we experienced out here. You stayed. I don't know if you stayed away from that intentionally, but as somebody who's been around that and seen sort of the arc of the Utah State program uh, through the years, <laughs> what can you tell us, since we in our world have experienced Gary leaving midseason in 2017, just what? What the heck happened from your perspective? You, even if you weren't covering the team regularly, they, to build the yeah, program I, and then to, to end up walking away last year. I mean, just what, what the heck was going on from what you could see? I don't know. You know, <laughs> I can't imagine what it would be like to be a college football coach. Uh, so much uh, stress involved with that. I mean, yeah, they get paid extremely well. And that, <laughs> that uh, takes away some of the, the sting, but, uh, I don't know. I think it'd be a, it'd be a tough gig, honestly. Um, I don't know. I, I really wish I could tell you more. Um, I think anybody, I think most people at Utah State are very appreciative of the job that Gary Anderson did um, in helping turn this program around during during his first stint. I think um, I think a lot of people were skeptical uh, when he came back. You look at the kind of the history of college football; both situations have arisen before and. Coaches have not been traditionally success, as successful the second time around. And uh, he just, I don't know, it seemed like he was uh, maybe he didn't have the same energy level he did when he was here the first time. So I think people were a little bit concerned about that and obviously concerned about how things trans, transpired in Corvallis. So uh, I don't really know. Last year, it was, it was, it was really hard because uh, we got to go to two scrimmages. or Sorry, I went to one practice during spring camp and then the rest of it was canceled and uh then it looked like the season wasn't going to happen didn't get to go to any of the so there was there was nothing during the summer nothing during the early fall so i didn't really get to see the team in action i didn't get to see the team interacting get a vibe of the program so it's really it's really hard to know um you know gary walked away was fired i, th- I think it was more fired uh mm-hmm. After the third game of the season last year, they'd only played one. I'd only seen him at home once. I, I did see him at Boise. I did drive up to Boise for that first road game, but I uh, wasn't really around the team, so I didn't really really get a good feel for exactly what was going on. Well, you know, Jason, Jason Turner joining us from the Logan Herald, Logan, Utah, covering Utah State. It is unique in that the in the first ever Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl at SoFi Stadium this Saturday that both coaches in the game inherited teams that have been coached by Gary Anderson. I mean, that's hard to do. It's hard to write that kind of script. It's quite a storyline, isn't it? And then you also factor in uh, Calvin Tyler uh, playing against his former team, Utah State's leading rusher this mm-hmm. year. So uh, there, there are definitely some intriguing storylines. And Oregon State's, uh, I don't know, I mean, that's kind of a similar turnaround. This, this is Oregon State's first bowl game since 2013, yes. if I remember correctly. So... So there's a program that's really, uh, really coming coming on a coming off of a breakthrough season too. This has been a breakthrough season for them. So definitely very very intriguing storylines heading Saturday's game. And and Blake Anderson himself, you wrote it well. I, I drew a lot from uh, your column following the 46-13 demolition of San Diego State. Before I get to the upshot of the motivation and the chip on the shoulder mentality that you wrote about, Jason, following that game that the Aggies took with them into it. 
Can you at least spell out for us or give us a sense of how much would you say honestly would be attributable to San Diego State being down on personnel? Was too much made of that? Was that a legitimate beatdown walloping of a pretty healthy and good team? Or were they des- were the uh, Aztecs decimated going into that game? Well, you got to think it affected them some. Um, to my knowledge, though, they were only down a starter, maybe two. I mean, you're, you're missing some valuable guys off the bench, and that, that does make a difference, especially mm-hmm. in the practices leading up to the game. But if you look at their all-conference guys, they had eight first-team all-conference players and four second-team all-conference performers, and I saw all of them on the field. So mm-hmm. uh, they have, I mean, they're, they're, their best players were there. Um, I think maybe they they weren't able to practice as well as they like to, and that's where the depth really really affected them. But uh, I would I would say it was uh, more of a legitimate win for Utah State than San Diego State being shorthanded. Good. Okay. Glad to hear it. And you certainly were taken. It sounds like your column indicates that the players it wasn't lost on them. This sense of disrespect. How big of a factor? If you don't mind sharing a little bit for our listeners here. Has that been the chip on the shoulder mentality? Seems to have served them pretty well lately, coming down the stretch. Oh yeah, no, I think it played a big factor. Um, I must say though, I got—I don't think anybody saw this coming. I don't think anybody saw Utah State scoring forty-six points on San Diego State. Mm-hmm. San Diego State hadn't given up more than thirty-five points since the two thousand and I want to say fifteen season. They had the nation's longest winning streak for given up 35 or fewer points. And so I don't think anybody really saw this coming, but I think the disrespect, I don't think they felt, they felt disrespected by San Diego state per se. I just, I, I feel like they thought they deserved better in the all conference awards. And I think all the players thought that Blake Anderson should have been the coach of the year, all the Aggie players. I mm-hmm. really do think they drew on that a lot. Sounds like they like him a lot and are playing hard for him. And Logan Bonner talked about following him from Arkansas state and Bonner, has had an amazing year, 36 touchdowns, 3,560 yards. He had to win a battle uh, to get the job against uh, a young man out of our state, LeGrand. He won the job, yeah. and the rest is history. I don't know how much you know about Andrew Peasley, but his numbers don't look too bad either. Um, Andrew Peasley was largely responsible for uh, Utah State winning that game against Air Force. He was phenomenal in the second half. So uh, I think... Uh, it was a great quarterback battle. I do think that Logan Bonner, uh, I don't know how many people know this, an Oregon State fan, but uh, he came here to Utah State for spring camp, and a week after he enrolled, uh, he broke his foot. Missed all his spring camp, uh, didn't get to really do much until the summer. And so I think he uh, he was behind what his normal schedule would have been. And, and I mean, the Aggies have a similar offense, but it's still a, it's a different offensive coordinator. It's a little bit different than what he ran at Arkansas State, and so I think uh, I think you've seen a, just a totally different Logan Bonner over the last five six weeks. He's developed that synergy with his wide receivers. He's gotten more comfortable with the scheme. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think m- most true Aggie fans uh, are appreciative of Andrew Peasley and his contributions to the program. Right? He was phenomenal in that Air Force game. A few more minutes with Jason Turner ahead of Jason Gannon, who will join us from uh, the L.A. Bowl at the bottom of our uh, second hour. Jason, you mentioned getting in sync. Quarterback Logan Bonner did with his receivers, but even though it was uh, not, uh, it was Bowling who had the big game against uh, San Diego State, uh, Brandon Bowling coming off a huge game and setting records in the 
Mountain West Conference championship game all year long. One of the top receivers in the country has been Devin Tompkins. Tell us a little bit about Devin. 96 catches on the year, 122 yards per game. How does he play? What kind? I mean, what's the chemistry and relationship like with Logan and Devin Tompkins? How good is Devin? Devin Tompkins is so good. And I don't think I've ever seen a guy that size. The guy's five, listed at 5'8". Mm-hmm. He might even be 5'7". Weighs a buck. I think he's listed at 155. That's probably pretty accurate. I've never seen a guy that size high point a ball like him. Mm. The guy, the guy not only can fly, he's got outstanding hops, but he times the ball extremely well. He's got speed and he's got sticky hands. He catches almost everything that's thrown in his direction. But I think that's really what's blown away Aggie fans this year is just uh, him consistently going up and winning 50, what are essentially 50-50 balls against defensive backs that are five, four, four to six mm-hmm. inches taller than him. That's really what's impressed me the most. Yeah, well. And I'm, I think Aggie fans in general, honestly. we I say I look forward to seeing this young man at work in a sense. <laughs> it sounds like he has presented <laughs> challenges to every defense he's played, 96 catches on the year. That's impressive. Final thing, Jason, and that is the uh, the response to this bowl opportunity for this incredible turnaround with Blake Anderson in year one. Uh, what kind of fan uh, tickets, and what have you heard about ticket sales? And I assume that like Oregon State, they're committed to buy 5,700. Will that many or more show up, you think, for the L.A. Bowl? 5,700 is a lot. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if it's in that ballpark. I don't know if it's going to be quite that many, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's not a, a terribly long road trip. I mean, it's, it's even doable for, I know a, a guy, I, one of my friends growing up is a big Aggie fan. He's driving from Ogden, Utah, to L.A. after work. So <laughs> I would suspect there are several other people who are going to uh, take a car drive there instead of fly. So it, it's doable. It's a long trip. But uh, I think you'll see a lot of Aggie fans. Uh, they don't get an opportunity to play uh, teams from Power 5 conferences in bowl games. This is only the second time. The first time was in the 60s against Baylor. So uh, this is a pretty unique opportunity for this program. I think uh, – I think they will be well-supported on Saturday. Yeah, good. I'm glad to hear that, too. I said final thing, but I want to close on this. Blake Anderson goes wins 10 games in his first year. I agree with the basic contention of the players. Uh, with due respect to Brady Hoke, a former assistant here at Oregon State, a great year at San Diego State. In fact, a historic year, their best in their 99 years of existence, you wrote, it, you wrote yep. in your column. So that's good on Brady. But the... The I what has he done? He won the locker room, but just the schemes and the offense. Tell us a little bit about how he his team plays and how he got them on the same page so quickly. Well, I think first of all, he's a very likable guy. He's a very uh, he's just he's an energetic guy, and I, I think he's an easy person to be around. I think I think that's a big thing right there. Um, scheme wise, um, the schemes that they were running at Arkansas State, they were known for their high-flying high offensive attacks, averaging almost 500 yards a game, if not more than 500 yards a couple of times, putting the ball in the air a lot. So I think uh, I think a lot of people are excited to play in, in, in schemes like that, where they know that they're going to play pretty fast, they're going to they're gonna put up a lot of points, uh, put up a lot of numbers, um, give guys an opportunity to get looks for the NFL, I mean, they had some guys that had some pretty historic 
single season years there, uh, especially at the wide receiver positions, guys that were in the top few in the country in receiving yards and catches. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, I think uh, I think he's he lets his defensive coaches coach. I don't think he you know he he involves himself in, in, on that side of the ball too much. Uh, but uh, they brought they brought in a defensive coordinator uh, at Miami last year. Uh, a guy that's willing to willing to be aggressive, willing to take chances. Yeah, they give up big plays here and there for sure, but they also are ranked third in the nation in tackles for loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've uh, forced a lot of turnovers this year, so I, I don't know. I think players were excited to play in a potentially explosive offense and for a defense that uh, is going to get guys in position to to make big plays. Jason, it's been a real pleasure to visit with you. Thank you for taking time to give us a perspective on a a very talented and uh, hungry Utah State team playing in the first-ever L.A. Bowl, the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. Thanks for joining us, and look forward to meeting you Saturday at SoFi. Thanks for the time. My pleasure. Looking forward to Saturday's game. Should be a good one. Thank you. There's a guy on a quick trip (laughs) Saturday morning. going to fly out Saturday night. There's got to be a red-eye out of there to Salt Lake City, I would think. That's a business trip for uh, Jason Turner. We need to take a break because we need to keep that line open at 1230. Uh, we are expecting a call from Jason Gannon, the executive director of the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl presented by Stifle. I've been practicing the whole title because when we bring the man on, we want to have it ready to go. But this is the first ever. That's exciting in its own right. And Jason Gannon expected to join us next on 1240 Joe Radio. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. At Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis, we realized a long time ago we'll never be able to memorize all the plays in our playbook. We just have too many options. Over 36 fresh toppings for you to choose from, multiple crust options, gluten and dairy-free options, plus dine-in, takeout, and delivery to most of Corvallis, just to name a few. So we can't memorize all these plays, but with all these options, we've made Woodstock's Pizza pizza for all on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beeves. Do you ever experience headaches or how about back pain? Here at Horesco Chiropractic, we truly believe that everybody deserves to live a life without pain. Our doctors will get to the root of your condition and create a custom treatment plan to help you get back to living the best version of your life. Our patients often say how amazed they feel to live a life with less pain after they have experienced how effective chiropractic care is. Start on the journey of improved health by giving us a call today or visiting our website at horesco.com. Horesco Chiropractic in Corvallis. We really can make a world of difference for you. Howdy, folks. Linda McHenry Eats and Treats Cafe, and the holiday season is here. 
Can't think of a better way to celebrate than gathering friends and family around some eats and treats, darn good comfort food, and serious barbecue. And don't forget our amazing baked goods from our on-premise bakery. Whether an intimate dinner for four or a gathering up to 40 in our gallery or even a larger party at your home or office, Eats and Treats Smoked Meats are a wonderful addition to your holiday entertaining. And remember our gift cards for the perfect stocking stuffer. That's Eats and Treats Cafe, corner of 17th and Main Street in Philomath. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, playmats, and more. All great holiday gifts. Come in and be surprised with all the holiday deals. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd in downtown Corvallis. Check out our upcoming events at KrakenTradingCards.com. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon. Serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. With a reputation of giving riders the winning edge time and time again, it's easy to see why Kawasaki KX is the bike that builds champions. Built to dominate the track and the competition, every KX motorcycle embodies unrivaled power and performance. To take the lead and stay in the lead, get the advantage when you ride a KX motorcycle. Kawasaki KX, the bike that builds champions. Shop Power Motorsports year-end clearance event, powermotorsports.com. The home of the Oregon State Beavers. 1240. Joe Radio. We are so excited to be uh, participating in the first ever Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl presented by Stifle. And we are honored to be joined by the executive director of the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl, the managing director of SoFi Stadium in Hollywood Park, Jason Gannon, taking time from what I'm sure is an extremely busy schedule this week to say hello to all of us on the Joe Beaver Show here in the Mid-Valley in the Beaver State. Jason, welcome in. Thanks for taking time. How are you today? Uh, doing great. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for jumping on here. There's so many things about this bowl game that are intriguing, but I'm, I'd like to just maybe start, Jason, from the beginning. How did it come about? I mean, what? how does this fit into the vision, a very ambitious one for you, Stan Kroenke, the, the the Hollywood Park development, all of the events you have coming. How did the L.A. Bowl come into this mix? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, whenever you look at Stan and his vision uh, for Los Angeles and Southern California to build this incredible uh, sports entertainment destination, you certainly have two uh, really good football teams with the Rams and the Chargers. But um, knowing, I mean, listen, Southern California is such a, an important college football community, such a strong recruiting area and uh, really looking at how can we expand uh, from the NFL into really a, a college football event on a, on a year-round basis. And that was really the, the start of thinking about the LA Bowl. And so then you start thinking about it. You, you, have, to put, you have to put it all together and, and go through the process. We don't know what that's like. You went through it from the beginning. So take us through a little bit how you arrived. We have a kickoff Saturday at 430 on ABC. We get to call the game here on the Beaver Sports Network on the radio. So excited to get in there to SoFi. But to get to this point, it's taken a lot of work behind the scenes. Could you kind of share how it all came about, how you made the connection with none other than Jimmy Kimmel, et cetera? 
Yeah, I know. I mean, listen, whenever we, we thought about the bowl game, obviously having the facility, you know, it, it's our home. So we, we had that. That's a, a pretty big box to check. Uh, and then you look at the conferences. You go out and you, you know, spend a lot of time with, uh, you know, great leadership at the Pac-12 and, and working through uh, with their team about an opportunity to, to bring a, a Pac-12 team here uh, to, to SoFi Stadium and then uh, reaching out to the Mountain West Conference. I mean, it's the number one Mountain West team. Uh, an exciting Utah State team had an opportunity to watch them play last week down at Dignity Health. Uh, and, you know, you work through the conference, um, you know, those relationships and engage their interest, and ultimately we were able to, uh, to bring the, put, the, put the game together. And, listen, I'd be, uh, you know, as, as you all might expect, uh, a lot of people behind the scenes making this happen, both uh, externally but, uh, you know, regionally, the, the, obviously the, the officials here, but also uh, internally with the staff. Jason Gannon joining us, the executive director of the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. So Jimmy Kimmel himself, it's so unique. One of our researchers found apparently that Will Rogers once had his name on a bowl in Oklahoma City in 1947. But other than that, when when who came up with the idea? I mean, how did was that yours? How did you come up with the idea to reach out to somebody of Jimmy Kimmel's stature to put his name on this thing? Well, listen. I, mean, I think you. I think you look. There was a lot of mutual interest even uh, before we even uh, had identified each other. I think you look at, um, you know, from our perspective, Los Angeles and sports entertainment, uh, and you're really trying to focus on something that's unique for the student athlete um, that's not already out there, and obviously embracing entertainment here in Los Angeles. And so that's really, you know, not only kind of the, the branding and the leading up to the event itself, but also through the week, really providing these unique experiences that can only be found in Los Angeles. And, and oh, by the way, that includes the venue itself, which is an incredible venue. But um, looking out into the entertainment industry, I think there was a ton of, of overlap. I think Jimmy is a, a huge college football fan. His background, uh, you know, a, lot of, a lot of strong background in sports. And uh, so there was some overlap there in, in the courting that went on. And ultimately, uh, uh, you know, uh, somebody like Jimmy Kimmel were so fortunate uh, to be partnering with him on the wall. I loved his sense of humor, and, and I know both coaches have talked about it. I'm curious to know exactly if you know what their schedules look like in terms of teams being able to attend his show, Jimmy's show, but his tweet Sunday was brilliant. I hereby invite at USU football and at Beaver football to do battle in the hashtag Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, and may God have mercy on us all. <laughs> I just laughed when I read it. He brings humor to this whole thing that it sounds like the players – know him, like him. The coaches have talked about how much they've seen clips and enjoy him. They're not up that late. They're usually studying video of their own games and prep when they are. But tell us about what the players can experience vis-a-vis Jimmy Kimmel this week. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, uh, you said it right there yourself. I mean, Jimmy, it's not just his name on the bowl. It's it's him embracing it, him um, incorporating it into a show, him being a part of the game day experiences and festivities. It's a really authentic a relationship that we have with them. And, and it's candidly, it's something that you can't find in anywhere else in the other bowl, which is uh, to bring somebody like Jimmy. And, uh, and it's not just a, it's not a bowl game opportunity. It's the teams will be um, in, in his studio audience uh, throughout the week and, and being a part of the show. I know uh, we also have some pretty neat ideas that uh, you know, starting tonight, running through, uh, you know, through Friday on the show to really uh, tell the story to Jim Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel, Wow, that, that's really cool. I mean, you're right. It's unique. On the bowl landscape, there's a lot of games. You wanted to set yourself apart, and so that does it in its own right. But I'm not sure I can even begin to understand 
Jason. Jason Gannon, our guest, the executive director of the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. I'm so looking forward to seeing SoFi itself. And so for our fans coming in from the Pacific Northwest, what would you say in terms of what to expect and even the pep rally the night before at 530 outside the stadium to kind of begin to get a feel for it? I've seen it on television, but it must just be incredible to walk into this place. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is uh, the building itself. SoFi Stadium is over 3.1 million square feet. It's the largest venue in the NFL. Um, but whenever you get inside, it's also, I, I, I'd argue, is really the most intimate venue in the NFL. I mean, um, the, the sight lines uh, throughout the seating bowl are incredible. It's a very vertical seating bowl, and the amount of LED display within the, the seating bowl itself is unlike anything else in, uh, in the NFL and college football. And, you know, we have over 70,000 square foot uh, dual-sided video board that hangs over the field itself. And um, I think just really from start to finish, I think it's going to be an incredible experience for the student-athletes, but also – uh, for the fans, uh, as you said, starting on, on Friday with uh, uh, with the pep rally and then uh, the pregame show fan fest before the game uh, on Saturday. Uh, just a really incredible opportunity for fans to come uh, uh, and experience uh, so far too. And Jason, I, I have, we have, because this is our world, it's college football, and I can tell your care and attention to this event, you're putting your staff and your people behind it. When I take a look at some of the other things that are already happening with the Chargers and Rams, but the 2022 Super Bowl, the national championship game in 2023, opening closing ceremonies for the Olympics. The L.A. Bowl, though, for you, I'm just wondering how, some, with all those other grand events coming, do you throw the full weight of what your marketing and promotions and all of that behind something that may not, by comparison, look quite as enormous or magnificent as some of those other events? A hundred percent. I mean, you look at the, uh, this bowl game is a hundred percent our bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that we have activated. We're promoting, uh, it's really a partnership with a lot of individuals, but this is, um, this is our bowl game. Uh, you know, we have a lot of different teams that play or events that play that are other events that are global events, but this is something that, uh, that we own from a facility perspective. And, uh, and it's 365. I mean, the importance of this bowl, and you see it throughout the bowl landscape, which is the importance of these bowl games to the community. And it's really an opportunity for us to embrace it, not only uh, during the event itself, but also throughout the, throughout the year in the community. And I think that's, you know, one a really important aspect of this bowl. And as you kind of you list off some of the other events, um, this is this is a game we can call our own. And and I think that is uh, why we have invested and, and we'll make sure this is just an incredible experience throughout the week for these student athletes. And you mentioned the community as we head down the stretch, a couple of more minutes with a very busy man with all of these things I've just alluded to kind enough to join us today. Jason Gannon on the Joe Beaver show, the Jimmy Kimmel LA bowl presented by stifle will also benefit community partners, one for all and boys and girls clubs, LA Harbor and boys and girls club, LA Metro. Our people here in the, the mid Valley are, fully supportive of boys and girls club work in the mid Valley here in Oregon. I love those partnerships, Jason. And again, that's what you're talking about too. When you say community involvement, right? No, there's no question. I mean, you know, we started, um, you know, whenever we announced this bowl in, in early 2020, um, you know, it was right away. We were in the community, uh, you know, and, and obviously during the pandemic, it was uh, an opportunity for us to pivot and, and do some COVID specific um, types of relief within the community that were important, and and, and that's that's the thing. I mean, listen, uh, certainly locally, more locally here in Inglewood, um, this is again, this is an opportunity to embrace and really stand out and 
and make an impact and, and, and for that impact to be associated with the, uh, with the bowl game. Jason, final thing in terms of the, the whole area that our fans who have bought tickets, who will make their way in and experience the first ever, ever L.A. Bowl, what, what else is still kind of in the works in the Hollywood Park development? Are, are you, what else is on the horizon, so to speak? Yeah. So, listen, uh, SoFi Stadium is an incredible state-of-the-art venue right adjacent to it, uh, YouTube Theater. Uh, it's a 6,000-seat performance venue. It's open and operational. Uh, and there's, you know, events going on, you know, in and around uh, YouTube Theater. The NFL Media Building, so the NFL, uh, their network operation, 365, uh, studio space is located just adjacent to the stadium and, and on the Hollywood Park proper land. It's just adjacent to us. And so uh, on a Saturday, you'll, you'll like to see some, some activity going on. I do think there are a couple NFL games that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you see some of their studio talent in and around um, the Hollywood Park area on Saturday. Uh, and then we're right now we're under construction on retail and residential, uh, the first phase for the overall project. And um, I would say really important to the community and certainly to Hollywood Park. We have over 25 acres of park space. Uh, so in terms of the game day activity, get there early. I think, you know, once you get inside the building, we're going to have some cool uh, activations and an opportunity to really experience the video board for, even before you get in, um, you know, the fan fest. And then just an opportunity to get come there early and experience Hollywood Park and, you know, the entire development. So the final thing, and back to Jimmy Kimmel in closing, really appreciate your time. Do you expect Jimmy each night of the week this week to have some allusion to or reference to? I know that Jimmy Camel has been unveiled as the official mascot. <laughs> that is so cool. But do you, do you expect all week long to see some touches along those lines on his show? I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you know, Jimmy's got some cool things planned and uh, the cadence and, and how it gets rolled out throughout the week. And, uh, you know, that's all... Uh, that's all uh, a mystery and excitement to me personally. I know that there's a ton of content, though, uh, that's prepared throughout the week. Jason, thank you for making time for us. We look forward to seeing you, meeting you. Our fans are excited to be getting down there. I hope ticket sales are going well for this first-ever event. Thank you for inviting Oregon State and Utah State. We're looking forward to the event uh, on throughout the week, but on Saturday. Thanks for taking time for us. You're welcome, and if uh, listeners are interested, they can go to LABowlGame.com, and tickets start as low as $32. That's awesome. Thanks a lot, Jason. Good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Great to catch up. Jason Gannon, Executive Director of the LA Bowl. Very busy man. A lot on his plate, but I like the weight of what they're involved in and the talented people that are involved in all these other things fully in on this bowl game. Yeah, there's a there's a lot they you know it's going to be a busy week for them too, yeah. right? Chargers Thursday, are Thursday Chargers, Saturday bowl games, Sunday Rams, Friday so, pep rally outside the stadium that they're organizing and putting together. It's yeah. busy, but again, it sounds like I, I haven't seen the full development. He was I, I didn't even know all the other things around the Hollywood Park property. I guess it makes sense, um, but I I, I I didn't know that. But yeah. I guess they're used to being busy. But this will be a new test, of course, with a with a first as we have experienced. Uh, um, operating through this bowl game, getting information and such. It's not, it, you know, things, things get worked out and it, it's going to be exciting sure. to see. They're going to, it's going to be a show. It is going to, it's going to be Hollywood. I think. Yeah. It's that's the thing. The LA bowl. If they're, if they have, they want to set themselves apart. Yeah. And so I think we'll see a real, for lack of a better word, I mean, maybe a glitzy, glamorous show. This is a big showtime type approach. And Jimmy with the Hollywood, the LA connection, when they first announced the L.A. Bowl, 
Jason, our guest, said, what's more Los Angeles than adding an entertainment component to our game? There's not. No. And it's, <laughs> well, I'm going to be interested to see what capacity Jimmy's going to be in during the game. Yes. I, mean, I feel like he's going to be on the broadcast at some point on ABC. Probably. I'm going to guess. Uh, he's probably going to MC a couple of things like briefly, like in-game studio, mm-hmm. like shout from the rafters. So yeah. one or two times, I'm sure he will. Uh, and I haven't even seen Jimmy Camel yet. I, I haven't seen that photo of it. <laughs> Quick question for you before we go to break. And mm-hmm. Sarah Elcano will be joining us. She talk about a busy person, essentially doing two jobs right now. Fan engagement, uh, interim deputy athletic director. Her plate is uh, her cup runneth over and flowing over, and it's unbelievable. But Sarah's going to join us just to kind of give us a little feel for the Oregon State fan experience and what to expect, tickets still being sold and so on. So she'll join us in a minute. A fresh look here on the youth that, that you represent, EJ. Mm-hmm. Do you like, do you watch Jimmy Kimmel? Do you like him? You can be honest. I've never watched Jimmy never Kimmel. Never seen it? No. Okay. Do you know anybody that ever talks about him in your world? No, I guess if I'm going to watch a late show, I like the Daily Show is good. Okay. On, uh, and it, well, well it, I grew up, my parents used to watch a lot of Jon Stewart. Yes. He's since retired from that show, uh, but I guess he was who I watched. I mean, I've watched a little bit of Stephen Colbert as well. Okay. He's good, too, but more of them, not really Jimmy So Kimmel. you're being honest enough to say, now, you you, do, you know, look. Here's I've never you. sat and watched an entire Jimmy Kimmel show. Okay. Not what once. I have heard... And we'll go to break, and if anybody wants to email us, we might be able to sneak an email or two in. I'm with you in that sense. I, I've seen him, certainly seen him, listened to him, laughed at him. I mean, I think he is a funny man. But I've, it's not one of those that, oh, I'm going to go watch. I'm not up that late anymore, for one thing. You talk about your parents. Why? I thought you were going to say Johnny Carson. They're not old enough for that. <laughs> I grew up watching not John Stewart, but John Carson. But... Late night television isn't really much of a thing for me anymore. I enjoyed Letterman back in the day in his early days. thought he was hilarious. Johnny Carson, standard classic type format growing up. But, I, you know, we'd love to hear from anybody out there. My youthful friends at your age, Lydia, you know, people that I'm closer to say, no, they like him. They think he's funny. They, they enjoy his stuff. I don't know about his overall shtick. I do know some of the stuff that he's done here early around the L.A. Bowl has amused me. So I'm wondering if you have been following him enough out there, anyone who could say, yeah, he's going to do it upright. His presence is going to be helpful and good and, and set this L.A. Bowl apart. So if we're just talking, so if we just look at the L.A. Bowl itself in terms of the bowl, stru- bowl mm-hmm. lineup right. overall, since it's at the front, more like it's like, you know, it's a mid-level bowl. It is. But when you have a guy like Jimmy Kimmel promoting it, it, it you know it's better promotion than for let's say the Gasparilla Bowl. I would think so. Although we had a guest on in Kate Miller who promoted it well a few years, a couple of years ago. Let's take a break. Sarah will join us next. If you'd like to contribute, uh, we'd love to hear from you along the University Honda text line five four one four nine seven fifty three fifty six. Laura Rutledge from ABC will be joining us tomorrow. Maybe Big Jim Wilson. And more on 1240 Joe Radio. So the wife rolls into the living room. Honey, you need to get off of the couch and get busy on that list of projects I have for you. And I says to her, but I don't have all the equipment. Oh, she rattles off. That's no excuse. You can rent all the tools and equipment you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. 
All right already. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for farm, home, and business. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. Do you have a rock chip in your windshield that's bugging you? Stop by or give me a call. For Auto Glass Solutions, better call the Glassman. Call 541-760-2277. Call the Glassman. Your locally owned and operated Qdoba Mexican Eats in Corvallis, Salem, and Eugene are hiring now. Qdoba is currently looking to add new and flavorful talent to their restaurant teams. New hires can earn $14 to $15 per hour. You'll also enjoy great perks, including benefits, free employee meals, and a flexible schedule. Students are welcome to apply. Call or stop by the Corvallis, Salem, or Eugene Qdoba today to learn more and apply. Qdoba Mexican Eats is an equal opportunity employer. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon. Serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project, now's the time to get it done. And Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, vinyl, laminate, tile, wood flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands. The staff, Wendy, Robin, and Brian, have years of combined experience and look forward to working with you. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown. Or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. Howdy, folks. Linda McHenry Eats and Treats Cafe, and the holiday season is here. Can't think of a better way to celebrate than gathering friends and family around some Eats and Treats darn good comfort food and serious barbecue. And don't forget our amazing baked goods from our on-premise bakery. Whether an intimate dinner for four or a gathering up to 40 in our gallery or even a larger party at your home or office, Eats and Treats smoked meats are a wonderful addition to your holiday entertaining. And remember our gift cards for the perfect stocking stuffer. That's Eats and Treats Cafe, corner of 17th and Main Street in Philomath. Ho, ho, ho. Help Santa deliver your gifts to family and friends with Postal Connections in Albany. Albany's Postal Connections enjoys helping the local community with their shipping and packing needs, large or small, and even handles international shipping. Postal Connections in the Fred Meyer Shopping Center without the wait or lines of the post office. Postal Connections is your one-stop shop for all your shipping needs with a wide selection of packaging materials. Head to Postal Connections to make sure your gifts arrive on time. Thank you. 1240 Joe Radio. We talk to busy people on the Joe Beaver Show, including our next guest, who may be even busier than our last guest, Jason Gannon, who is the managing director of SoFi Stadium. They have a football game Thursday night, an NFL game, a pep rally outside SoFi on Friday for both schools. They have another football game, the Beavers and Utah State Saturday, then another football game on Sunday. But I think even busier than Jason Gannon is Sarah Elcano, who is uh, the Deputy Interim uh, Director of Athletics for Oregon State and also doing her other job full-time. So, Sarah, I appreciate you making, carving out a little time for us here on a Monday on the Joe Beaver Show. Life is busy for you, but I hope that means life is pretty exciting and good right about now. 
I am not complaining. Um, <laughs> no, I, ha- I have missed the frantic rush to plan for a bowl game. Now, I'm not used to planning for one that falls um, before the holiday. Right. This one is a quick turnaround. But nonetheless, I would rather be busy than not busy in December. And Sarah, what is the busyness? What have you and the, the staff been trying to do in this quick turnaround in terms of getting the word out, tickets sold? How's that all going? What has been the, the major thing that you and the athletics department staff have been doing with respect to the L.A. Bowl? You know, I think it's gearing up for the announcement initially. Just we we felt like this was the bowl. You know, that was the chatter everywhere, but you don't really know until you know. And so gearing up for that and the graphics and the website takeover and all those pieces. And then because, you know, how well you do on those can impact Mm -hmm. your total ticket sales for, for the event. So um, going well so far, I think, you know, we're going to meet our financial responsibility for the bowl game, which is a, obviously a pretty big deal. Um, so I think Beaver Nation was certainly hungry, hungry for a bowl game. 5,700 tickets is what I read in Nick Daschle's article. That was the, is that the commitment from both schools for this game? That's the allotment each school's assigned. Yep. Um, equal inventory on opposite sides of the stadium and, and that, that's the number that, yeah, we're chasing. So, it, you know, financial commitment is a little bit less than what your full inventory is, but nonetheless, we'll, uh, we'll have a good crew there. And there'll certainly be some who, who buy through directly through the bowl or, or on the secondary market, which is totally fine, and we'll end up with a good group down there. Yeah, and Jason just said his final word was, hey, you can go on our website right now when we had him on. Tickets start at $32, so they're anxious to move tickets, but it sounds as though, Sarah, would you say the response has been good from Beaver Nation in a year where we didn't get as many folks in the stands as we might have liked for reasons it would take the rest of the show to try to detail the rest of the month, the year, but do you has there been a pretty good response from your perspective? I think so, yeah, absolutely. And a good blend of season ticket holders, longtime donors, and then, you know, single game buyers, some other folks who are, who are more, you know, kind of coming back into the fold that maybe were there previously, which is a really encouraging sign as far as the future in Research Stadium. Um, you know, it, we, we hope to see a few more tickets move, I think, directly through us, right? Purchasing mm-hmm. through Oregon State gets those dollars back with us and ensures that it, you're, you're sitting with other Beaver fans. So if you haven't purchased yet... Um, I would definitely encourage you to go through us so that it's beeves sitting with beeves is, yeah. is what we're saying. But yeah, I think there's, there's great momentum. The few people we've heard from that, you know, wanted to make the trip that aren't, it's tied just to the timing, the quick turnaround mm-hmm. of this bowl versus some of the other ones and flights to LA. I think if you didn't jump on it right away, there's pretty, pretty spendy flights right now, but we have lots of groups that are, are caravanning, down they're piling into the car and they're doing it the old school road trip way so yeah. i'm a little jealous of those, those folks actually that'll be a fun trip and thus you are keeping your own tickets you're going to sell through the 16th two days before because you think there might be a few almost last minute hey yeah let's go come on we're jumping in and driving down i believe there will be and you know there's there's a good group of beaver alums as well as current students that live down in that area. And so for them, it can easily be a last minute decision to, to jump into the game. So yeah, we'll keep going through the 16th and then make sure we get those distributed and, um, or ready for pickup come game day. Sarah, in terms of, uh, activities for Beaver fans, we're getting inquiries here. What are anything things planned? Am I right to say that the only really organized activity 
that is open and it's to both fan bases is that pep rally at 5.30 outside of SoFi Friday. Do you know of any other specifically sort of Beaver Nation gatherings around the bowl? That's that's the only one really driven by the bowl. There is a pregame tailgater inside um, an area of the stadium that the Alumni Association is operating. That sold out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's another good example of the huge response. Uh, they were going to test that area and see if they thought there was room to maybe open up a few more spots. Um, we won't know that for a few more days until someone's down there and actually looking at the space in person. But uh, that that would be it, um, those, those two events, yes. Have you been given an itinerary at all, Sarah? I know I haven't. And in talking to Jason Gannon, I'm just, do you, are there specific times that the Beavers will go to the Jimmy Kimmel Show or go to Universal Studios? Do you know these things yet? I do. Yeah, okay. there are specific times for those things. Yeah. Now, are yeah. they? Is that um, something being held within the department, or, or I mean, or can you share when those days are exactly? Well, I could if I remembered them, Mike. <laughs> um, I okay. do not have those memorized, though. I hear the difference, right? Being that um, Universal is operating as many places are on reduced capacity, and so. You know, the, the team's going to get in there, which is great to give them. I, you know, I think it's one of the afternoons. Um, they'll get a little time slot to go in there. Um, and then the Kimmel Show, I believe, will be team only, again, because it's it's reduced okay. capacity at the Kimmel Show. Yep. Team only, like Utah State one night and the Beavers another night or both? You know, I mean, I, I just I haven't heard anything yet. I guess we'll find out when we get there. That, that I know that that part of it, though, Sarah, is important. Because I think the L.A. Bowl has a chance to be. This is the first one. I think the bowl lineup within the Pac-12 is a pretty good one now. And this one kind of kicking it off and set a tone in terms of the bowl experience. I think this is a good bowl. You run down the list of, of Pac-12 bowls right now, and you know there's really not one that you turn your nose up to. I agree. It's a great list of them. Some you know, different cities, some easier to get to, some lesser, some have more activities. You know, there, there's kind of pros of every single one, depending on what you're looking for. And I, you know, the one I, I've never been to a Sun Bowl. I know that, that we've been here a couple of times. Um, I wasn't part of those, mm-hmm. but I've heard great things about if you actually get down there to El Paso, it's a really good time and they do a phenomenal job at that bowl. So yeah, I, I think the whole list is an impressive one right now. We, we ran pre-requests. Um, you know, prior mm-hmm. to when we knew what bowl we'd be going to, as soon as we became bowl eligible, we had those available on the website. And we saw great numbers of requests for tickets um, from top to bottom on that bowl list. So I, I think, you know, a couple of years to come, we'll see no matter which bowl we're in, I think folks will be happy and show up well. Yeah, and the last thing in about 30 seconds, you're rolling out season ticket renewals early this year, right? Tell us about that, please. We are ready to rock and roll, I think, Monday. We got... A couple things to sign, seal, and deliver mm-hmm. here, but I think we're going to be ready to go this coming Monday, the 20th. Um, you know, lot, lots of movement, obviously, with a portion of the stadium being offline mm-hmm. for the 22 season. So we are breaking everything into accounts that are impacted and accounts that are not impacted. And we're really segment out that communication, um, anticipating, you know, some phone calls that, that take a little bit of time to explain what this means for you for 22, what does it mean for 23, but such tremendous reason for, for optimism right now. We know it's going to be a unique year, 22, yep. but yep. it's a, Sarah, it's a we'll, schedule. We'll be, yes, and we look forward to talking to you more about it as we go. Thanks for making time for us. See you soon. KEJO Corvallis. And translator. K229DI Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.